see if I can get all my stuff collected together here. How many of you uh, remember a week ago what the subject of my talk was? Josh mentioned it in the sermon. Don't be, <laughs> our memories are short, don't be discouraged. Okay, this week it is be encouraged with a little bit of a practical application um, coming from the life of John Wesley. As you will recall, John Wesley was a founder of the Methodist movement that became the Methodist Church. And had it not been for what he did, we probably would not be here meeting in this location right now. Um, that is, just a few miles from here, um, What's in there, Frederico? What's the name of the chapel? Barrett's Chapel is dubbed the the cradle of American Methodism. That's where it all began, just right down the street here. And and then this congregation formed shortly after that. Of course, it was about sixty years after that or so till the building was built here. But um, why? because a man who had been very discouraged became encouraged. If you have your Bibles and care to follow along, there are a couple passages that I wrote down here. I think the first, is it coming from 1 Peter? Let me get to my notes here. I wrote down, I wrote down, I was reading and studying 1 Peter chapter one, and I wrote it down as, first Coloss as Colossians chapter one. And so then I thought to myself, I had better look up and see what this Colossians 1 passage is, just in case I'm missing something important here. Well, anyway, let's start. First, uh, let's see, First Peter 1, and it's verses 15 to 23. Okay, here's 1, there's 15, start. First Peter 1, 15 to 23. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scripture says, you must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge your reward according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors, and that it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began, but now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God. And you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. Now, what is important about this passage? It is telling us that we have been redeemed. We have been brought to God and into favor with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And here at the end, what it is saying, another way of saying it is, the same power that has raised Jesus from the dead and that has empowered him 
to impart to us eternal life, that same power is now that we are redeemed working in us and through us. Um, over in Colossians chapter 1, those verses that I had uh, accidentally written down and then wondered what I was missing. Let's see, 15 through 23. Um, Christ is a visible image of God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms on earth. He made things uh, we can see and things we can't, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities, and the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. You are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Once again, that same power and glory that raised Jesus from the dead and set him into a position first, first place in all the universe. Of course, he's the creator of the universe. That same power that raised Christ through the dead, it says here, Christ is, is working in us. He's, he has cleansed us. He has made us righteous before God. And, and so that power that raised Christ from the dead is working through us. Now, because of that, we do not need to be discouraged. Why? Well, it says right here in this uh, Colossians chapter, everything, everything was made subject to Christ. Thrones, principalities, powers, you know, all those demonic things going on, Satan and all his business. Guess what? He can't lift a finger against us without God's permission. It has all been made subject to Christ. That same power that raised Christ from the dead is working in us and through us. Now, how does that come into play into our lives? Well, I can give you an example, as I mentioned. It's going to be from the life of John Wesley. Now, John Wesley first came over here to the Americas to serve as a missionary to the American Indians, and he worked out of Savannah, Georgia, and that area. He, by his own admission, was was not a born-again Christian at that time. He was a very religious person, but not born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. He later became born again by the blood of Jesus Christ, seeing his need, God pouring out conviction upon him. And uh, through the assistance of, of, and friendship and mentorship of Peter Bowler, Peter Bowler was, he and Count Zinzen, Nicholas Zinzendorf were very influential in bringing the Moravian church here to the U.S., to the American colonies at the time, which is still a very influential church, uh, especially here in the Eastern US. 
uh, Peter Baller mentored him, and um, John Wesley became a born-again, spirit-filled Christian. Now, very soon after he became a Christian, God laid on him the ministry of evangelism there in his home country, England. It didn't start out well, and he had a tendency to be discouraged. These are a few of his journal entries from May of 1738. I think I have one, actually, that is, goes back to April. Uh, let's see if I can find that April one. Mm. Let me see. At any Thursday, uh, let's see, on Wednesday 29th. Okay, I'm not finding the April one, but uh, many of these, they are the same. And uh, you can kind of get the picture of what goes on here. Uh, let's see, I, uh, Sunday, this would be Sunday the 7th, which is very similar to the April 29th one that I'm not finding. It says, I preached at St. Lawrence's in the morning and afterwards at St. Catherine's Creek Church. I was enabled to speak strong words at both and was therefore the less surprised at being informed I was not to preach any more in either of those churches. The, the same thing had, had happened just a few days before, that April 20th, it was almost a mirror image of this one. And then here, uh, Tuesday the 9th, I preached at Great St. Helens to a very numerous congregation on he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? My heart was now so enlarged to declare the love of God to all that were oppressed by the devil, that I did not wonder in the least when I was afterwards told, Sir, you must preach here no more. Man preaching the word of God <laughs> through the ministry of the Spirit of God. And he's offending these, that, that these churches that he's preaching to here, these are city churches, okay? <laughs> Liberal city churches. Uh, Sunday the 14th, I preached in the morning at St. Anne's Aldersgate, and in the afternoon at the Savvy Chapel, free salvation by faith in the blood of Christ. I was quickly apprised that at St. Anne's, likewise, I am to preach no more. Preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, the man, the man's told, uh, you know, if you're going to preach like that, you don't need to be preaching in these churches. And sadly to say, that's kind of the state of the church in America today in far, far, far too many churches. Even, yes, even Mennonite churches. Okay, let's uh, go down the road one year. So that was 1738, May 1738, okay, May 1739. Remember, if a door gets closed, look around a little bit. Don't lay down and die. Keep moving. God's going to open another door. So he wasn't doing so well in the cities. So what did he do? He went to the countryside. Um, let's see, okay. Out where this starts. He has some long discourses between some of the entries. Um, this is Newgate. Oh, let's go back. This says I should go back to May 1. This is April. 
Uh, well, here's here's one that's um, let's see May Sunday the 29th, Friday the 27th. Back up a little bit. These Wednesday the fourth. It's Monday. Say, um, see, at four in the afternoon, I submitted to. Well, at, at um, see Baptist Mill, there's a place called Baptist Mills. Now this is in the country, countryside. It says, uh, see Baptist Mills, uh, sort of a suburb or village about half a mile from Bristol. I offered the grace of God to about 1,500 persons from these words. I will hear, heal their backsliding. I will love them freely. Um, Five in the evening, see, I began this. And then Sunday, on Sunday the 8th, at seven in the morning, I preached to about a thousand pers persons at Bristol. Afterwards, about 1,500 on the top of uh, Hannum Mount in Kingswood. I called them to the words of the evangelical prophet, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Um, let's see, and then the 14th, 10, uh, on Tuesday the 10th, I desired to go to Bath where uh, I offered to about a thousand souls the free grace of God to heal their backsliding in the morning and then to about 2,000. I preached to the same number at Baptist Mills in, in the afternoon. Uh, Saturday the 14th, I preached at the poorhouse. Three or 400 were within and more than twice that number without. Sunday the 15th, I explained at seven to five or 6,000 persons uh, the story of the Pharisee and the publican. Um, let's see. Then, uh, see, Wednesday the 18th, there's a Quaker man, he gives his initials, does not give his name, who was greatly offended at the preaching, and he, he really came to the realization his life was not right. And so he... Uh, began his correspondence with John Wesley, and John began, began visiting him, and in the end of the matter, the man became a born-again Christian. Um, let's see. Here's Wednesday the 25th, um, where he preached to above 2,000 at Baptist Mills. And uh, then Thursday the 26th, preaching at Newgate again, he that believeth on everlasting life, and here in a couple of places, it tells how that uh, people there were, were strongly, that they were strongly offended. That is in that the Holy Spirit was moving upon them and did move upon them to the extent that uh, they were so convicted of their sins, they became Christians. Now, a year previous in the city churches, the people were sorely offended 
at hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ and told the preacher to leave. Well, here in the countryside, the people were sorely offended, realizing the conviction of the Holy Spirit surrendered their lives to God. Now God, okay, so the one door was closed. A year earlier, he was told not to come to these congregations. You know, maybe 50, maybe 60, maybe 200. A year later, these doors were opened, and he was preaching to 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 6,000. And in one place, um, they felt so led as to build a building that would hold 10,000 people to accommodate the crowds that were coming to hear him. So the, the thing is that uh, even though Satan is going, he is going to throw roadblocks in our way. It will happen. Do not be discouraged. Be encouraged. Whatever road gets blocked, whatever door gets shut, look around. God is going to open another one. And it is because he did not get discouraged and stay discouraged, but became encouraged and continued to preach to the countrysides, to the people, the Methodist movement took off. It became the Methodist church. And because of that, we can meet here today and hear the words of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ and be encouraged by it. Don't be discouraged, be encouraged. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. The living word, Jesus Christ, that same power that raised Christ from the dead is living and moving and working in us and through us, all of us who believe that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. We ask, Lord, that you would help us not to be discouraged by the works and the practices of the enemy, but to be encouraged, especially by that same power that raised Christ from the dead that works in us and through us. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on you and uh, help us to realize that it is your power working through us. We can do mighty things through you, for you. May your will be done in us and through us. We ask this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the, the only Savior of mankind. Amen. You're dismissed to your classes.